0: Welcome to episode 07 with Katie Dean. This episode is all about the exploration of fear and stepping into bravery in motherhood. So, this is a powerful conversation that I know all mothers need to hear, and Katie has an incredible book out there called Becoming Brave, which was the inspiration for this chat, and after reading this book, I just knew that we had to have a conversation around fear, around bravery, and around motherhood, and how she brings fear to the surface, but how she also invites us to step into becoming more brave, how we can transmute our stories of fear and limitations into courage and bravery and personal power. This is a beautiful conversation, and I cannot wait for you to step into this with us. And I also cannot wait for you to share with us what you think of this powerful conversation. Okay, guys, let's do it. Welcome, I'm your host, Clara Bade. One Work Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness, seeking clarity, hunting down the truth, diving into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them, rising into a new woman. Through my personal brand of storytelling, musings, wisdom bombs, and insights, we journey into motherhood, the catalyst, if you so choose, to become more conscious, aware, woke. I'm just one mama following the path to woke, and I hope you choose to wake up with me too. This episode is brought to you by All Mama Love. An online monthly membership that delivers easy, bite-sized morsels of meditation, mindfulness, and self-love. It's accessible, no fuss, flexible spirituality. Delivered direct to you each month. Designed to refuel and refill you, beautiful mama, with the love, zen, and stillness you so need and deserve. The doors are now open for your enrollment, so head to claireobeyed.com O-M-L to jump on the special monthly price of $15 per month or $150 for the annual membership. That's a $30 discount. Start and end at any time and create the space that you need to become more woke. Hi Katie, welcome. I am so excited to be having this chat with you all about fear and bravery in motherhood. So welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. We did it. We made it.
0: (laughs) The behind the scenes struggle for all of you mamas (laughs) listening out there to make this happen amongst nap times and snotty noses and ear infections. It's been a bit bit of a journey, hasn't it? (laughs)
1: absolutely but we've got there in the end it's all about that divine timing isn't it or that's what we tell ourselves anyway to make it happen (laughs) just to cope so i would love to
0: start with some info for those listening and obviously for myself as well about your beautiful book i've got it in front of me and it's called becoming brave a sassy woman's guide to turning fear into bravery and i have been meaning to chat with you about this book and about obviously the work within this book for a very long time I think I was actually pregnant with Raphael when I first got my hands on this book so tell us a little bit about your incredible book Katie
1: Ah, thank you I'm um, it's been so beautifully received but basically um it's it shares a lot of my journey in to do with you know finding out what anxiety is how to journey through it and how to actually um, turn that fear into bravery. We can't have one without the other. Mm. Um, and mm. for years I'd run from it and not even understanding what this low grade level panic was, um, that I was experiencing through my life and being, um, in the industry that I am and as a coach and, and I get to work with women like this every single day who experience this. Everyone feels so isolated in that experience, but I know, and the more that I spoke to people, I realized that we all have the same stuff. So um, I was determined, and actually I didn't really, it was one of the easiest things to do was to sit down and um, write that book um, because it is a powerful message to know that you're not alone um, when you're experiencing fears and anxiety and it's a, there's a really simple message um, Way to go about to befriend that fear, and a lot of it started um, when I became a mum. When I, you know, started to unravel all of that.
0: Mm. So that's I love what a that right.
1: I love that you mentioned about
0: it all beginning, not all of it, but obviously a lot of it coming up through motherhood, because that's what I want to talk to you about today. As you know, this podcast, One right. Woke Mummer, is about the awakening and the consciousness and the journey of becoming woke. That obviously, motherhood. Instigates, it's the catalyst for that. Many mothers out there aren't willing to go down that pathway, and that's okay, but for me there's been no choice but to wake up. And mm-hmm. anxiety, which I thought that I personally had got on top of before motherhood, decided to come back in full force from the moment that I guess I gave birth to my daughter four years ago. And I want to dig into that a little bit because I see it as a gift, anxiety, because it makes you a very sensitive person and that fear, as you know, pushes you to do things with your life and to see things in a different way, but it also encourages you to grow and to obviously shift and to change. And for me, motherhood has given that anxiety a chance to come right up to the surface even more intensely than it used to so that I Mm -hmm. can heal on a deeper level. So I'd love to know from you, Katie, can you share some of your personal fears and struggles that motherhood has brought up to the surface? What's been heightened and amplified? Not all (laughs) of them.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, For me, the real fear, exactly like you were mentioning, came when I could no longer run Mm. from it. Um, Mm. So before babies, like you could run over it, you could exercise over it, you could work over it. As soon as anything became uncomfortable, we could find a way to distract ourselves to get on with life um, and avoid doing any of the internal work. And then as soon as the babies came, um, you know, you're forced. You can't do the normal things. Your coping mechanisms or avoidance mechanisms go out the window. So for me, when they were little, that anxiety bubbled all the way to the surface and every silly thing that I've ever done, every conversation that I've had that could have gone better, all of that stuff came out like in, you know, those moments where you're feeding the baby and you're on your own. And that, how that came out was actually so, I was so anxious when they were new that something was going to happen to them. Mm. Um, Something I did was going to be wrong Or, um, like I was going to not, and I became quite OCD about everything, like washing my hands so there wasn't germs and all of this. And it was like, you have to reverse engineer that, you know, you're like the symptoms aren't actually, and the actions that we're rolling with and this micromanaging and this need to control the uncontrollable, um, was just a symptom of a, of a limiting belief and uh, an old story that I was telling myself that I'm a not enough and that, um, that I had to be so conscious of every single thing that I was doing and no, like that I was basically in the wrong or um, that I'm not enough, like that I'm not going to be enough to take care of this baby or backtracking it back to my youth that I'm not going to be enough to fit in at this party or not be enough, whatever it was. Um, and then, as my children have grown, it, especially dealing with one of my children, particularly, was very intense. Um, he's not now. I can, he's, we were on the other side, he's almost five. Oh, I've just given it away if you know, I'm like trying to be really just as to which child uh, I've got. <laughs> <have two>. Subtle. <laughs> um, subtle. Uh, Archer. Um, he was very intense and. To him, like, and when he, when my youngest baby was born, I was separated from my husband when we were 16 weeks pregnant with my youngest. Mm. So Archer had was two and a half at all of that, and going into that three year old, he was three when Oki came home, and the intensity of everything he was feeling and experiencing was next level. Mm. So navigating that was so scary for me. Um, and the mother that I became in moments dealing with him and trying to help him and obviously that's where it would all try and be supportive but the intensity of his emotions did not bring out my best
0: side. <laughs> it sounds like you're telling my uh, story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i am like trying to say it in the most politically correct don't don't be like, political poli-
0: don't be pc
1: I, at all just I was tell a it lunatic at times mm. like i honestly the person that i had to be in order to help us survive and sometimes the safety of my littlest one when he's throwing toys and exploding like there's been moments where i've had to lock my littlest baby and I in another room and he's just losing it outside. And you're trying to make these judgment calls Mm. as a mum where like in my mind, I want to be the mum that stands there and lets him have this moment. Yeah, or kumbaya and and let me
0: hold you through your pain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, mummy loves you. And really I'm like, this is nuts. Like I can't, you try that and then it's like I just, I don't know what else to do. So that fear around what this means for both of us, is this going to stop? Is this ever going to change? You know, that was a really dicey time and really dark, dark days. Like, really hard. Even getting in to have a shower was just like it was really hard. <laughs> like, Thank you for your honesty, Katie. Not- there are a lot of
0: mamas out there, including myself, listening to that, going, Whew, "Not just me. Wow." Yeah. <laughs> I get it. And the stuff that it brings up for you personally is, yeah, yeah. The stuff that it brings up for me, I mean, Soleil is going through a very similar stage, obviously. She's almost four and her little brother came 10 months old. So I get it. I get the intense emotions. She's obviously nowhere near as explosive as what you just described, your little boy, but she's emotional. Mm -hmm. And there have been moments where I have been reflected back, qualities within me, anxieties, fears, reactions and I'm like I don't like you Claire I don't like this and it's really easy Mm -hmm. isn't it to quickly say it's as a result of what my child is bringing out in me but that's the cop-out isn't it that's the easy route because it's actually coming up so that we can heal it I look at her and I think you've actually come here for a purpose for your own story but also to help heal me on some level And this is really uncomfortable and I hate it some days, but I'm willing to step up and I'm willing to face these fears and these limiting beliefs and this anxiety because it's not serving anyone anymore.
1: No, and that's it. And they are the biggest mirror, Mm -hmm. like, to us. And it's all well and good because Archer's explosiveness, I actually think that's a trait. That I have, mm. like, which was like, oh no, because I thought I was always going to be this beautiful linen-clad, like, swanning around. I was going to make everything from scratch, you know. Like, I had this vision that I was going to be that mum, but, and I was, we were, it was always going to be just like beautiful, and it wasn't. It was in the trenches some days, but now what? The relationship that Arch and I have is so solid Mm. and he's turned into the most sensitive soul um, and he's really wise and really sweet and all that explosiveness made way for really great conversations when everyone had calmed down, Mm. not when he's three years old because we just had to ride that out, to be honest. We just had to ride it out um, and – he got older and could start to understand that's a beautiful relationship and a beautiful knowing that he now has and he can now come to me and say I'm feeling really frustrated and I'm feeling this and I'm just angry and he, he's aware mm. of his emotions which has also made me because like become aware of where I'm triggered and how I'm responding because he'll just do the same thing back and that's so confronting. Oh, my God, yes. I so resonate with all of this.
0: And I've even said to my, my husband repeatedly over the last few weeks, when I watch Soleil in these particular moments, it's massively triggering for me because I'm watching myself. I'm watching mm-hmm. when I'm explosive in those moments or when I used to do that before meditation or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. it's painful to watch yourself, but it's forcing oh. me to – heal and repair that part it's forcing me to check myself it's forcing me to actually say okay how can I refine how I show up in the world so that she learns to refine how she shows up in the world so I want to dig into this a bit more with you because I think this is kind of exactly where we need to go and that is Archer has clearly brought this stuff up for you these fears this discomfort and he's asking you to heal this to refine it to transmute it so can mm-hmm. you give us like a couple of specifics, like the three top things that have come up for you that you've had to work on and heal?
1: See, I like to have a conclusion. Like I am not good at being indecisive. Like mm-hmm. I want to, re- like my personality is like if there's a question mark, I want an answer and I want to move on. I can't, you can't do that with children. You have to, it's got I'm like, okay, dust my hands, what's next? But if they're still going on, on their emotional timeline and their whatever, it's caused, it's forced me to become so patient um, within that and allow everyone to have their time. Um, That's their about timeline. presence,
0: isn't it? It's about just being with the moment and not moving to the future too quickly.
1: So, yeah, I would definitely say patience. Yeah. Um, it has motherhoods taught me about judgment and how I need to no longer judge myself mm. in the way that it's like so much compassion needs to come into motherhood for our children and for ourselves, because um, I used to hold myself to a really, I don't know if it's going to come out right, but a really high standard to the point where it was like harmful and, um, and analyze every single thing but motherhood and I would there's been I can't even there's been more days where I've gone to bed going oh god I could have handled that better than what there has been days where I'm like well done you did great like there, you know that's not that's we just that's human nature to reflect in that way um, but especially going through that really tumultuous it's a two and a half year phase can I say that like it was a two and a half year phase without this intensity um that I had to forgive myself a lot quicker and I had to let go of that and I had to no longer judge myself because if you're in the face of a hurricane your hair is going to get blown back yeah you know so the humanness of the situation um and that's not to say that I didn't Take full ownership of my part in the stories, but as soon as I acknowledged it and realized it, I let it go, um, because otherwise, you're in, an, you're always always on the back foot. And one of the other things, the third thing I would say, is that it's taught me to say sorry and take ownership, mm. because part of that humanness, um, is owning when things didn't go to plan and I don't want to raise my children to believe that they have to be perfect and that they're not allowed to have these feelings and they're not allowed to experience the full spectrum I want them to know that it's a safe place to do so and that when we do step out of line or we could have handled it better it's okay to say sorry and then you know follow that up with actions that back that up so that has yeah that's been major for us and now I can see Archer doing that same thing Mm. he he's already and he's not even five being able to pick up um when he's perhaps not handled that so well and why he won't always verbalize it he's checking himself before it you know it explodes or he doesn't do the you know the helpful thing yes um yeah I love that I'm saying
0: sorry about uh, 20 times a day. (laughs) Yeah. Even just this morning, walking Soleil to school, honey, I can see that you're looking a little sad. Do you want to tell me about your sad feelings? And she said, yes. My sad feelings are because you yelled. And I said, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I yelled. Mommy's not perfect. Mm -hmm. I think I say that sentence so many times. (laughs) And she sees yeah. she sees me be really vulnerable, just in that raw vulnerable state all the time because I want that too. I want to get to that point one day where she's able to be okay with her imperfections and not get to 30-something like the rest of us and actually be beating ourselves up because we're not perfect and we didn't nail it and in constant judgment of ourselves. I want the opposite for her. I want her to be okay with how imperfect she is and realize that she can actually make a fast comeback every time from that and take positive
1: action. That's it. Like we want the best for our children, but think of the things that we've punished ourselves Mm. and rumbled with within ourselves Mm. so often in our adult life. And it's that we're not enough. We're not perfect. We did the wrong thing. We're being, what if we get judged? But the way to mirror that, I mean, to, to demonstrate that is to allow ourselves to appear Well, all of it. Like I remember when I was crying and this was in the separation time and I said to my – like I'd always tried to sort of hide that super emotional part of it from Arch to try and, you know, so that he had the safe home. Um, And it was – I thought like, again, you think you're doing the right thing, but my doctor's like, why why would you hide that? And I was like, oh, yep. I get it, and I want I tell Archer that it's okay for him to cry mm. and it's okay for him to feel these things, yet I wasn't allowing myself to cry and feel these things in the first few times whenever something would go wrong. And, I mean, I'm not, like, crying all the time. This is just, like, I don't you know. I'm not, like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, I felt the milk. Um, <laughs> but, like, if something would go wrong, and I cried. He was really uncomfortable with that to start. Mm. He really didn't know how to handle it. And I don't want to raise a little a little man, a man who's uncomfortable by women's emotions and um, sensitivity. Yes. So I was like, okay, I've got to be okay with being tears. And now, if I'm ever like, you know, I stubbed my toe and started to wear like on the corner of the cupboard and welled up and he came and hugged me. He didn't shy away from that. And I was like, okay, so this is how you can, you slowly start to see the puzzles. But, I mean, we're all flying blind. We're hoping that what we do is going to pay off. Um, We are flying blind, but this is what this conversation is about
0: today, isn't it, is that I am trying to facilitate and encourage women to wake up and to, be okay with the fact that we're flying blind but actually also be empowered and say I'm actually mm. going to pay attention to what I'm being gifted here and the lessons that are being slapped into my face over and over and over and oh. over yeah. and maybe yeah. open my eyes and wake up a little bit because I, mm. I had this massive realisation the other day and it's so weird to say this out loud because it's kind of like, yeah, of course, Claire, we know. But the realisation oh. that I had the other day was, whoa, these children chose me for two reasons. I can facilitate their growth and their soul purpose and journey to some degree, mm-hmm. but they are here to heal me first before I can do that for them. So their first mm-hmm. job here is sort your shit out, mum. Yeah. Right? So, we're your little gurus. Literally, we're going to slap you about for a while. We're going to rough you up. We're going to bring this stuff up. We know you can do it. We know you can face these fears. We know you've got that bravery inside you because we need you to show up now for us. And this is at <laughs> the point that I'm at with Soleil. I can feel it happening. I can feel this shift happening. It's like I can see the person that she's destined to be. And it's not, it's not I'm not controlling that, but I am integral in whether she grows and flourishes in the right way and that's not going to happen until I wake up
1: yeah and I think it's like I I can imagine that some mums are listening to this going but how do I know what to do Mm. for my child to get that to happen and I want to say to that trust yourself Mm. like come back and trust yourself I haven't if you just got to follow your instincts and if you there's no right or wrong way to do it is there it's just what you believe is best for your child and yourself in that moment to help navigate that next step
0: totally My- agree and I think this is what your book is beautiful at doing trust yourself first and foremost but for me underneath that it's like but then be willing to tap into some inner courage and some bravery and face the stuff that you don't want to face after the trust no. there has to be that, Oh God, this is so uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like I don't, I don't really want to go and sit down with a child psychologist and talk about my f- my flaws and my limiting beliefs. Actually, I kind of do love it. So I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> and, you know, there's other things that I could do as well, but I, I'm willing to because I have to. Like I don't feel like there's a choice anymore. This this is integral in our process. So I think you are 100% right, trust and then bravery. Yes, yeah, for sure. So can we dive into this just a little bit more because you've mentioned this a couple of times and I really resonate with it, and that is those internal limiting beliefs that we become aware of. And this is huge for me right now. So for anybody listening, if you haven't already, You'll need to go back to listen to the previous episode with Marianne C. This will all make sense about my personal journey. But I've become aware through some energetic work about core limiting beliefs that were planted within me before I was even born, so while I was in utero. And some of those Mm -hmm. are, I'm unlovable, I'm a bad person, the core of me is wrong, uh, therefore I'm not good enough, on it goes. Now, what has transpired is that I, and as a mother, this has all come up, bubbled to the surface like a volcano erupting, and I've become, on a subconscious level, aware of these fears and these beliefs, and it's resulted in me overclinging, and becoming anxious around caring for my children, like you described. Manifested mm-hmm. in a different way to yours, but essentially the same. Yeah. And I'm sharing this because... It's then changed the dynamic between my children and I. I cling to them, they cling to me, I pull away, they pull away. It's like this weird game, this energy game that's unfolding. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing this because I want to dig into this with you a little bit more because those are huge fears for me to face, right? Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to look at that and say, oh, like even just saying it, my heart just contracts. But I Mm -hmm. am in the process of bravery at the moment, which is a a willingness to show up and heal it energetically, emotionally, physically, psychologically, all of it. So talk Mm -hmm. to me about that bravery. Talk to me about whether it's your personal examples or a global idea around bravery and motherhood. And how do we show up? How do we do this?
1: Oh, (laughs) I'm like, Oh my gosh, where do we start? So Bravery, you can't be brave without first feeling fear. Mm. You need it. I think there's um, like motherhood will unnerve you. It's meant to, you know, it's um, it will rattle you. It will bring you to your knees and it will also bring you the biggest flip side of that. It's all about the polarities in life, in everything you can't have, you um, Rarely do you have, like, trust without fearing betrayal, you know. Like, it's just, you know, you, you really know what love is when, like, because of the flip side of that, you appreciate love so much um, because the opposite of love is fear and hate and the rest of it. But um, in terms of bravery with motherhood, for me, I had to keep um, – I don't know, it's always evolving. And I'm like I keep so many little ideas are popping into my head here which is like distracting me from um picking one lane to actually go down. But and I've totally lost my train of thought now. Is it is it some is there a
0: particular story that you can remember where you know, I guess for me it's it's in the moment when I feel these fears come up and it's not like the sentence runs through my head, oh, my God, I'm unlovable, but the reactions to those, you know, underlying beliefs make me behave in a certain way. Is there a, is there a way that you feel us mothers can better show up in those moments when those fears are driving us, when those belief systems are controlling us? How do we be brave in the face of that?
1: Well, the thing is I even wrote a post about this this morning that we feel like there's this there's this misconception going around that in order to be brave and in order to do something, we must do it in the absence of fear when that is totally not the case. Mm. Um, and mm. I've heard Elizabeth Gilbert say it, that, you know, if you meet someone who's not afraid of anything, they're psychotic. Like they're absolutely <laughs> – psychopath. Psychopath is like so it's not what I love and I am all about fear. I think fear doesn't need to mean turn and run. Fear can mean lean in and rise massively. And so by identifying where that fear is coming up for you and acknowledging that, which is doing the work, which is paying attention and backtracking to where it's coming from and just asking yourself Why am I so triggered here? What does this mean for me? Why am I so scared here? Um, Why am I responding this way or reacting this way? And getting clear on what that is, then it doesn't mean that you have to, um, obviously it'd be great to heal it and get to a place where you're totally fine with whatever that limiting belief is. Um, and mine, I know a lot. I think mine started in utero as well. Um, my mother, my family lost a little boy, my older brother, when he was nine years old to leukemia. So, and I came along a couple of years after that. So my mom, and I've sat down with her and tried to work this out, was so paranoid and mm. fearful during her pregnancy, her pregnancy, that something was going to happen to me. Obviously, yeah. after losing a child, that would be an absolute belief. So, and then I've carried that belief up in my life that I'm not safe here. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, there was a massive trust issue and I constantly felt like I had to prove my worth and I didn't know where I fitted in and all of that sort of stuff. And then in motherhood, I'm not safe here. Mm. Um, and I went above and beyond to try and make my children feel safe which then made me neurotic which then manifested in all of these things so by understanding where it's all coming from then you can meet it with compassion yes I love that compassion and someone's bravery isn't
0: about arming up isn't it? it's not about putting the armor on and getting ready to fight it's compassion. just what you just said it's compassion it's that awareness that understanding yes. that compassion that gentleness Often it's that vulnerable moment where you say, "I'm sorry, I just messed up. Let me try that again." Yeah.
1: Bravery is silent. Mm. Bravery is the twenty seconds of courage that you that you allow yourself before you um, you address the situation. Oh, I it's love that. that. Yeah, it's it's that. Um, that checking yourself before you enter the room with your kids. It's becoming um, owning it before, like, I do some of my best thinking at the sink, you know, like in terms of, like, a a parenthood and a motherhood aspect because we, you know, they they do something. And in my head the dialogue is like, can't believe you fucking did that. Like, uh, obviously that's not what I want to come out with. So having the courage to walk away and the bravery to walk away and figure it out before I come back. Yes. And now yes. that's become so um that was really clunky to begin with. You know that oh you don't need to say that or, or yeah. obviously I never yeah. said that to the kids, but to that consciously be aware that I can change my default setting, which was to be triggered and react and to give myself permission to walk away or do whatever or breathe that gets much quicker mm. in time. But first we've got to become aware of it and then we've got to choose how we're going to greet it. Yes, I love that. I love that you've highlighted that it's clunky to begin
0: with, but that doesn't mean that it's not valuable and not working and you keep, keep at it and it becomes a more smoother, effortless process. It's kind of like when you start meditating. It's like, what am I doing here? Mm. I can hear mm. things. I'm thinking. Yeah,
1: <laughs> thanks, I don't Yeah, It's like the way I describe it um, when you're changing these, like basically it's the neural pathways and the behaviors. It's like Mm. if you've always driven home from work, you come out the driveway at work and you turn right, and that's the way that you've always gone home, right? You could do it on autopilot, and then one day you decide that you're going to come out of that driveway and you're going to take a different way home. You are going to have to consciously, you're always going to want to turn right, but to actually remember, like to choose to turn left, Mm. you're going to have stop pause think about it and then you're really going to have to step yourself through the way to get home um initially stay and the same yeah it's the same way with changing any behavior or implementing any new behavior or belief or um habit mm. that we want to live by so that's
0: really inspiring for the mums listening to remember that they're laying down new neural pathways that they're creating a new groove in the way that they do things and they do actually need to keep at it consistently and that two steps forward two steps back is kind of how it's going to unfold isn't it but that doesn't mean okay there's your excuse to give up just keep staying awake staying conscious be present with what you're trying to do and as you said before ditch the judgment and stay with compassion because you will stuff up and then you'll nail it, and then you'll stop up again, and then you'll nail it.
1: <laughs> That's it. It's like, oh, I'm human. Like, embrace your humanness of it all. Like, me, I just totally, like, I know this stuff inside out, and I totally had a brain blank before. Like, I don't know where my brain went. Like, even just on this podcast. It's it's called Life After Babies. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's like ear infection, sleep and I was yeah, my brain just was like doink, gone. Okay. My brain does it about
0: every ten seconds. Right? Come back, uh, brain. <laughs>
1: come back, come back, where have you gone? Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay. Oh, there you are. Oh wait, oh, there you're going oh, again. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Well, I really love digging into this with you. I think it's a really important conversation, and to any mamas out there, please get your hands on Katie's book, Becoming Brave, because although it's not a book just for mamas, it is a book important for motherhood because it is guiding you through those fears. And you know what I love about this book is that you actually kind of break down the chameleon quality of fear and all the different types of fear that show up so you get this really solid understanding and then obviously the bravery off the back of that. So I highly recommend checking out Katie Dean and her beautiful book and I will link obviously all of that into the show notes. But before I leave you, beautiful Katie, I just got some quick fire questions for you. So whatever first comes to mind, what are you currently working on, mind, body or soul? So where's your focus at the moment?
1: Mine's slowing down in terms of my mind. I've actually, you know, back into the meditation. I think it changed massively how I would meditate and clear my mind um, when Oki was born and I didn't sort of have that sit-down stillness. It was sort of like watching the kettle boil and being really conscious of it um, and my breathing, whereas now I'm starting to move back to that really quiet state. So that's in terms of where my spiritual practice is there and I've just started saging the house like my I'm upping my spiritual practice I like that Um, yeah with the little accessories that you know come with it feels nice
0: yeah that does feel nice I love that so for you what does being woke mean
1: um evolving Mm. I think being woke means being conscious of your actions and always being really to willing to evolve. Um, it's evolve or repeat for me. Yeah. And that's where that's what being woke is. I think in its simplest form, consciousness and willingness to evolve. So good. I love that. Beautiful, beautiful summary.
0: I might steal it. <laughs> yeah. <correct. laughs> so, uh, at the moment, do you have a favorite go to mama resource or anything out there that our mamas can get their hands on or to dig into that you think is really supportive.
1: Oh, there' there's a beautiful book by Amy Taylor Cabaz. Mm. Her um, Happy Mama is it? Yes. Her book. I think every mum should read that, especially it's light, it's beautiful, it's nourishing. And I mean, when we're filling up our own cup, um, we we honestly can handle anything that's thrown at us and we're usually self care and self reflection is usually the first thing to go because we want to be everything to our children. But unless we're something to ourselves first, that can't last. You can't sustain it. Um so I love that Amy's book um, you know, encourages mums to own and take ownership of their happiness and value that. I love that book. I think that's beautiful. Yes, and she is
0: a beautiful teacher and guide. She's one of my most favourite people, so I love that you recommended that oh. book. Mm. Now my last question for you before I leave you. What are you most grateful for that motherhood has delivered you besides your babies, of
1: course? Um, my capacity to love unconditionally. Mm. I think... I've always, even with myself, I've loved with conditions, which is really confronting, which is probably why I've been single for two and a half years. Um, But, um, you know, the ability to have your heart break open and love regardless Mm -hmm. and also to show up and still love myself with knowing what I know about how I've responded and react and handled things and the humanness of it all and valuing that because that's what I want to instill in the boys and so it has to come from me first. And a strength, strength, major strength has now come for me with the boys because you've got to be their advocate. You've got to be their backbone. And, I mean, I run a tight ship here to pretend that it was all peace, love and mung beans. It's not, but for us to get through the day as a single parent and with two beautiful, loud, messy boys, um, you know, to get things done, it's, you know, quite drill sergeant sometimes, but that's okay. I have to let that be okay for the greater goal. So, um, yeah, the strength and unconditional love. Yeah, I love that.
0: <laughs> the unconditional love is, is a... Mm. It's a life. It's a cell altering experience, isn't
1: it? I love it. For that you sure. That.
0: Beautiful Katie, that has been such a gorgeous conversation and an honor to chat with you as a seasoned mama who's had so much experience with tackling fear and stepping into bravery. I'm really grateful for your insights and I'm really honored to share your thoughts to our community. So thank you for being part of One work mama today. I'm really grateful to have had you here. Beautiful mamas, I hope that that inspired you and showed you a different perspective on fear and bravery and how powerful transmuting that fear can actually be in your motherhood journey. But I also hope it showed you that you are not alone in the experiences and the feelings and all the heady stuff that you are feeling constantly through your motherhood journey you are not alone we are all in this together it's on your favorite social media platform you can use the hashtag one woke and don't forget to tag myself and katie dean you can find her through the show notes that i'll provide and of course let us know what you think share with us your experience with fear and bravery And as always, I would be so, so grateful if you could help spread the One Woke Mama love by providing a review and some feedback via iTunes, and of course, subscribing too, so that you never miss an episode of One Woke Mama. Sending you so much love, beautiful mamas, and thank you for being on this journey of Woke with me too.